Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. And welcome everyone to episode 56. What a lovely day it is today. It's lovely, isn't it? it, it beats Beautiful. All this bad weather we've been all having. This, yeah, all these flood warnings and things like that. We've been very lucky. Well, you've been very lucky. I'm, I've not really had many floods actually either, really. No. we Roads have been a bit flooded. Yeah, yeah. Well, the... Um, you know, the reports we've seen on the news has been horrendous in the UK. Mm. In fact, I had, a, had a, an email this morning um, with, with about something else, but they, from uh, Canada, and they were saying that well, they'd seen the uh, news, the UK weather and all the floods and so on, and hoped that I was okay. Oh, that's they nice. Said, yes, yes, it's from Concerned Marie. Concerned for your safety. Yeah, I thought so, yes. yes I thought <laughs> how, how nice that was. And uh, you said, no, it's lovely sunny weather today. We were lucky. Well, fortunately, though, I don't people know Broadstairs, but we're, we're on top of a cliff. So if we were flooded, the whole country's in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, have to be we'd, pretty high. We'd have to get up uh, pretty, pretty high to get pretty us. Big yes. cliff. Well, the, the Broadstairs is the cliffs, isn't it? Like, that's, that's why right. it's called Broadstairs, because there's mm. the, the, it's such a, mm. such a, a high... Mm. We're so high up. That's right. Yeah, the broad stairs in quotations. Well, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. It, 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 we're very, very fortunate. Um, but we could get cut off because, uh, as you go out, we're on the Isle of Thanet in in the UK, and if you travel um, to where the Isle of Thanet meets the mainland, basically, there's Part a, of the a UK, thin strip yeah. of of water there and so if we could well be cut off be a little island we could be <laughs> if, if anything serious real serious we'd be cut happened. off from me I wouldn't be able to get back and do yeah. these podcasts because I'm wouldn't in London oh, we, no we'd have to Skype all the time wouldn't we Steve <laughs> have to get a boat but we, that's not happened thank goodness well we know we, where we are in the southeast of England though is, is actually we're very lucky yeah we don't get the real severe weather that they do up in the north of England and the, and the south mm. well I hope everyone out there all of our UK Listeners uh, are safe uh, mm. on the coast mm. uh, around the UK. So let's dive in to some questions. The first question I have is from Jessica. Hi, Colin. I'm looking for a pencil extender that will work with the Faber-Castell pastel pencils. Do you use one? If so, could you let me know which one you use so that I don't order one that won't fit these pencils? Uh, right. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, do I use one? No, I don't. I don't use it because I've I've had them in the past and never really got on with them myself mm. because they they're slightly unstable, you know. You they feel they don't feel quite right. So I but but as people probably know that uh, that sometimes I can get right down to the your pencils can be tiny inch, inch and a quarter, <laughs> and, but that's my limit. Once I get to that, but I never you you won't see me do that on the videoing. It's only if. When I get down to so far with my pencils, I then use them for fill-up work, you know, background work and other things. However, um, when I had classes, they had the pencil extenders, and you can get them almost any art shop. They have uh, quite elaborate ones sometimes, but the metal ones are the best ones. You can get ones that uh, fit all pencils or adapt to all pencils. But what I would suggest, and I, I would suggest anybody going down this road does take the Faber pencil with them one of the short ones yeah take them along to the art shop and put one in the extender and see how stable it is give it a little try that's a good idea yeah because you 
it'd be a bit guessy. I mean, I suppose you could order online, but then you are guessing mm, a bit whether it would do fit. that. I wouldn't do that because you might find that it just doesn't work doesn't out. Doesn't feel right as well. I suppose mm. if you go down to the shop, you can actually try it, mm. can't you? There was one, um, and I, do you know I've got one somewhere? If I thought about it earlier, I've got it out. One that was made by one of my classes uh, members many, many years ago when I had classes, and he bought a load in, and uh, he he uh, sold them to the students. They were just bits of wood. He drilled the middle out, and uh, you pushed it push the pencil into it. Uh, they were quite stable. Again, they, they didn't suit me because they're, they were thicker. And uh, I do like the pencil, you know, the shape of a pencil. Yeah. But uh, other people use them. Mm. So okay. They are, they're, you know, they are there. You can use them. Investigate and take mm. your pencils out there. The mm. metal ones are the best, though. Um, I, would, I would go down that. The ones I've seen, uh, they are probably the better ones to get, yeah. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Moving on, uh, a message here from Chris. Hi, Colin. I really struggle to get a sharp point using a blade or standing Stanley or craft knife. Are there any alternative methods? For example, would an electric sharpener do the job? Mm. Well, we had this question a few times now. Um, they, they can actually do quite a good job with the electric sharpeners. I think they're probably better than the hand crank ones. Yeah. But there is a but. If they break, they're a devil of a job to get them out. You know, if, if the pastel breaks, and it could, it could happen, you, you have to dig in and, and get them out, and they're not, not easy to, to do. Uh, but they can do, and they can work. Again, I don't like them. I prefer the, uh, you know, knives and the um, standing, the blades, rather, and the standing knife. But uh, I... Where Chris is they would from, work. You know, the they point they, is they do. Work. They work, but once again, you see, you can't go and try them out. That's the problem with them. You can't go into an art shop and say, "Can you take that out of its box? I want to just see how it <laughs> operates." So it's a bit risky, and, and you know, they're they're not cheap to to buy. No, no, they're quite expensive, aren't they? Mm. But okay, so that's one. That's so they one. do do the job, but mm. Mm, there's a risk. You're running a bit of a risk. I think so. I do, probably you you get one and try it. If it doesn't work, you just find another method but mm. uh okay uh chris always also added on to that um when i put a white whisker on fur uh or, or a white whisker or fur over a darker color it tends to go gray mm. this is this is probably a, the reason chris has linked this with the sharpening, sharpening. side because that's you need a super uh, is that you do that need the a very you sharp need a super sharp sharp, sharp point a super sharp point and uh, you can get it, I mean, going back to the electric sh to sharpener, if you put that in and sharpened it, you do get a very fine point, and you could use it for that, you know, as soon as it comes out, zip it in. Um, and the other problem with whiskers, particularly, is you have to zip them in. I call it zip them in because it's a... It's, it's a fast a motion, very, isn't it? Yes, it is. You've seen me use them. And you can't hesitate. You can't draw it in. There's no way it will work. You've got to go zip, zip. You need and a sharp pencil for that. You do. You do need a sharp pencil. Because the pencil, the sharp pencil cuts through the pastel that's already there. You see what I mean? And you can, you can sort of channel your way. Hmm. With it. fur, though, fur would kind of already... You wouldn't be putting fur over a darker colour, would you? Well, you're working from light to dark, no, you wouldn't. See, once again, we had this age-old problem with pastel pencil 
that you're working from light to dark and once you put too much dark on you think okay now I'm going to put the light light back on because it's got too dark and that doesn't can't work um, the best way out of that really is to use the putty rubber we talked about it last week you remember yeah just put your putty rubber press it on to the affected area and that takes uh, and you can do it lightly to start with until you get to the point where you can see the base colors and the, and then you can put the fur in again when you're going around a picture or around an animal when there's white fur, mm. that's another point where you need a really sharp white, isn't it? Because that's when you, you know, when you're going around at the end of a picture, mm. when you're going around, or after you put the background mm. on, you're putting the fur bits mm. in around the edge. That's, again, mm. you would need a super you, you sharp can, white. But I tell you what, though, Steve, the reason that works so well, generally, if we're looking at a background that's been put on, you mm. know, you've put that background on by applying it with the pencil and rubbing it with your finger and then perhaps you put polychromos on or perhaps you put soft pastel on and rubbed it with your finger you haven't compressed the paper though very much you see you, you, so all around the edge of the picture is almost pristine paper underneath because rubbing with your finger isn't going to to compress it, it yeah unlike you know if you were doing a, a lot of fur you would be compressing the paper so therefore when you when you use the white or the other colors you can easily cut through the pastel that's there. It's easier to do than it would do if you were putting it in the middle of a fur, for instance, yeah, trying yeah. to do that's the same thing. Yeah, that's already been crushed a mm, little bit. Mm. And that's why it works so well. That's why when you see me do it, you think, how can he do that? How can he do that? How, how does it work? Mm. Because none of that area around the animal has actually been touched with a pencil. It's not been compressed at all. But interesting, That's a good, interesting tip, yeah. Mm. Okay, thanks for that, Chris. I hope that helped. Um, moving on, we've got a message from Claudia. Hi, Colin. I am just getting ready to start a few of your paintings, and I have a question about the paper. I couldn't find the Fabri Fabriano Ongre you use, but I purchased Canson pastel paper, 160 gram, and selected an ivory colour, 111, as the sand colour appeared more like a terracotta than a sand. Do you think the paper will work? Mm. Uh, well, I suppose the short answer to it is no, not really. Not as well. Not as well, because although Canson uh, Meton paper has been designed for pastel pencils, it really is not designed for the kind of work that we do, which is very detailed work. Um, and if you look at uh, examples of other people using that, type of paper it's very sketchy i'm not saying it's it's not great you know it's good work but it's not the same as we do what we do is build up our our, our pictures and you need a good color to start with and the sand on gray paper color is ideal because it's off-white so we don't have the we, we can put white on and see it very easily mm. and but it's not too dark and it's not really coloured. You know, if you think of terracotta, terracotta is a colour. Therefore, you have a colour influence immediately. On the whole picture, yeah. So the sand, you don't. The sand is, an, is neutral. This is why it yeah. works so well. I mean, if you were going to choose another colour, I suppose you could use grey. You know, a light grey yeah. would work too. That's neutral. I, wouldn't, I don't like that because I don't think it's, it's, it's warm enough for the, the kind of work that we do. But it will work. Mm. But 
the kind of thing that she's looking at, she's got two problems. One, it's cancer, and cancer paper's got little bubbles on it. Don't you, you've ever We've seen possibly it? mentioned this before. Well, we have. You've got little bubbles, and people find that off-putting when you're, when you're putting detail in. Yeah. You've seen detail. I know Andre's got a tooth, and I appreciate that, uh, but the tooth can be filled in. As you've seen, when I've done a portrait, you can't see any... Uh, yeah, you can't see any markings. Any, any tooth at all. But when you're doing a landscape, then you use it for that reason. So that is where... Uh, <coughs> I know, uh, we, we, we've got to with that. I, sorry, Steve, I was going to say, and if you're putting ivory on, mm. then you're putting a layer on, which is going to mm. affect the rest of the colours that you put on, because you're crushing the paper immediately, aren't you? Kind of, if you're covering it with ivory. Mm. It depends what you can put on, on the top. I mean, I use ivory quite a lot as a base colour. Uh, and now that will work with the ombre. I've not great a great experience with Canson. I, I've not. I've used it. I've just used it because my students have had it. I've not used it myself, so I can't really be uh, specific when mm. I say it doesn't work. I know that people have tried it and it doesn't work, or they don't like it that much. And, but uh, you know, you've got to try it whenever you're starting out. I mean, poor, poor. Is it Claudia? Yeah, yeah. Poor Claudia hasn't can't get hold of the ongre. Yeah. Uh, and this is a common problem. There's not much I can do about it. Ongre is very popular, but it's only popular because I've probably said it's popular. You know, <laughs> and you know, if you look at the the whole world, I'm a tiny little, you know, voice amongst mm. that. Uh, so it's, it, it is going to be a problem, but we have got it in stock and we sell the mountains and mountains of it. And I think Claudia goes on to say later on that uh, if she can't get hold of it, she's going to get it from me. Mm. So if she really has a problem. Okay. Well, yes, uh, Claudia does go on to say another uh, message saying, I gave the hedgehog a try yesterday and even did my own line drawing but ended up throwing it out and I rarely throw out any of my drawings as I had a great difficulty with the white pencil. When I watched your tutorial, the white stood out almost like paint. In my case, I got lost in the darker colours when I tried to reapply it. It was just fading in. And I think that the pastel just doesn't adhere well to the paper. I'm not sure. It might very, might very well be my lack of skill with the pastels. I've only ever drawn with graphite and not for very long. Thank you very much. Mm. Right, well, yes, I think probably Claudia hit the nail on the head then. It, she's, it's part and part. Part the fact that uh, she says she puts the white, so I suggest she's trying to put white back on top D of the dark, dark colour, yeah, which is the same as the last question we had. Uh, so that won't work. We know that won't work. You've got to put the white on first, and then you put the other colours into the white. I know people see me do it afterwards, but I know I know what I'm doing when I do it. I, I know that I can get away with, or what I can get away with, and what I can't get away with. Uh, because of experience, and when you're starting out, you don't know that. And it's impossible to find out until you try it. And when you do, you think, oh, that doesn't work, but you've learned. And the, the other thing could be the cut of the paper as well. The paper doesn't respond. So if you want to give this a really good try, then get the right pencils, the right paper, and the right instruction. Now, if you've got all three things, it's still going to be uphill climb. So, it always will be. So is it... But you've got a better chance. So is it possible then, because you said, I think you said just said that you can do it, put white back onto dark? Yes. It is possible. Yes. i tell you why it's possible. When you people see me do it, it's because I know that the amount of pastel I've actually put on to the paper is very minimal. I haven't put a lot on. 
or I've used my blender, or I know I know exactly how much pastel is is actually on any given area of of um, of uh, paper, and also I know if I've crushed it or not. I would know that. So when I put the white or any other colour on top of that, it will work. So in an example of the hedgehog where you've done that, people have got to be aware on their own pictures mm. how much they've crushed the paper or how much... Because I'm just thinking of other people. I know that mm. will come with experience, knowing mm. what, how it will react when mm. you put it on. But it's almost a little bit like a tread with caution kind of mm. obviously because we've always said don't mm. put light on dark mm. but now it's there's a kind of exception to the rule isn't there, are, there there are exceptions oh yes 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 i usually say to to anybody who asks me this um you don't always work from light to dark yeah unless i tell you you can show you you can or you watch me do it and all the previous application that's been done. So they'll see that. They'll yeah. see what I'm talking about now. In, in the case of the hedgehog, which is a hard thing, if you go back to the hedgehog, I didn't put all dark all over. I started with the lighter colours. Then I slowly introduced the darker colours, two or three colours that were darker. But there was still an enormous amount of white or light in that hedgehog fur. Mm. So therefore, when I put the light back in, it worked because I picked out those areas of light or, or that were lighter. Now, if you imagine someone going on with, with all the different colours and they're making it darker and darker and darker and what you've ended up with is a very dark, solid mass, trying to put white on that would be absolutely impossible. Yeah. So in general, it's you can't, but... No. Knowing when you can and knowing when you can't, this is why the, uh, the member site is so good because there's so much on it hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of watching me do a particular thing, particular subjects. Mm. I'm doing a butterfly at the moment. Now, one of the things we have that I remember, I've only done a butterfly once before. You did two butterflies, didn't you? I did two butterflies, absolutely. Once before. It's a, it's a workshop pack. That's right. And this was before we had the, the colour shape as such or, or use it the way we do now. But the butterflies that I'm doing at the moment are stunning. I've got to tell everybody, uh, once again, I'm going off at a tangent here, but there's a very good reason for this. Now, the butterfly needs to have light and dark quite a lot. There's a lot of black in it. Now, when I'm using the black in this particular case, if I was to put all these two or three, three or four different colours on, before I put the black, it wouldn't be register. So I had to choose a colour that would give me exactly the right tone. And what like I did... Like a mid-tone? Yeah, well, no, uh, yes. But what I did is because I had an awful lot of orange... I'm going to be naughty again. I'm going to show Steve it. Right. But Because uh, I can explain it better. When I, when I have orange, which is adjacent to the black, I had to find a colour that would tie up with the orange... That was the colour I was after. Underneath I couldn't the put black. Orange. I couldn't put orange under it. It would be too light. But I had to find a colour that was compatible with orange. So I used 283, which was burnt sienna. Now, burnt, 283 burnt sienna is a very dark, reddy brown. Right. I put that on, and then the black went on the top of it. So, so, and, but it's, that's so interesting, because you think black, you think black. 
Mm-hmm. So why do you need to put anything under black if it's going next to orange? Do you know what I mean? In, that's right. That's how I would think. That's right. If black is black. Well, but... But, but you, it's not, is it? No, you have to think, though, that black isn't a colour. Yeah. Black is a darkening agent for another colour. So you're using the black to darken the burnt sienna, which goes with the orange. That's right. How yeah. interesting is it, though? And it's not what you'd think. No. Is it? It's a different way of thinking mm. of of black in pictures. Mm. It depends on what what you're you're going against. If if you're a base color, I mean, we go back to guide colors. I've talked about these before, guide colors. So you have a color. With in this case, it was orange. If you look at that butterfly, you can see orange. That yeah. is the color. So that's the guide color in this particular case. One hundred nine orange. Now we're using darker orange. We're using red in it, but and we're also using ivory in it, in that same orange color. So alongside that, we've got black. Now, if you put black and orange together, just on its own, it would look... Ah, it would stand awful. out quite... It would look quite... Mm. Uh, yeah. And the other thing about that is you're using the black on top of the 283 that I've put on and blending it with the blender. Now, when you blend it with the blender, the black and the uh, burnt sienna mix together. Just makes a darker, darker burnt sienna, not... Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly what happens. Yeah, and because they're that's they're, they're warm colours, aren't they? Mm. So if it was a cooler colour, oh, if it was cooler colour, you'd use completely different colour. If you were using a, you know, some there are what's that butterfly we've got that's uh, blue? There's a blue butterfly. I can't remember on your workshop pack. Uh, well, there is a blue butterfly, but let's say we had a blue butterfly. I couldn't use you couldn't use the burnt sienna. No, you'd have it would to be use too a warm. cool colour. So we use a cool colour. Probably, I would say, two double three. Now, that's a, a cool grey, a mid-tone cool grey, and I would use two double three under the black. And you would darken it with the black to go with the blue. That's right. Very good. I've Isn't learned. I've, I'm not <laughs> considering I'm not an artist. I've learned a lot but, from that. But, but there are... It's, it's techni- fascinating. It's technical, though. It's, it's a technical application like there is to everything, Steve. And, and this, this is a really fascinating um, area. And the more people do, the more they realise and understand it. But you see, when that when they co- eventually in a few weeks' time they'll be doing this butterfly. Hopefully, they'll have a go at it, and they'll see. But I've already worked the colours out. Yeah, in yeah. advance, you know, I've but, looked at the, the reference picture and I've worked those colours out um, according to the experience that I've had. And this, what we're discussing now, is almost the theory behind the colours of why you've chosen them, though, mm, isn't mm. it? Because that helps people choose their own colours for their own picture. Absolutely, yeah. Because you know why you've done it. That's right. It's always probably going to be a problem. It is for me, Steve. Before I started, um, I, I've never shown anybody this, but I have done a little bit. In fact, I don't even know I can find it here. I didn't know this was coming up, but I'll just show Steve. See, look. Yeah, so you've, you've written out, uh, you've tried a lot of different combinations before you've even... Before I actually did it, I, the picture. I just... Uh, um, it's like a palette, out. isn't it? It's, yes, it's sort it's of a piece of paper. Just when a piece you've of got, um, paper, where you've basically just worked out like a formula. You've tried different combinations, written mm. the pencil numbers down, so you know what gets the effects. Now it's good. W- it's what well, you said. You, you could argue, so well, why would I have to do that? Uh, I've had uh, twenty years' experience or more of doing this work with the many thousands of students that I've had. Why should I still have to do that? I have to do that because it sets it in my mind I know I don't always have to do it but in a situation like this where I've got lots of different colours mingling together I had to work out 
the colour in advance. Yeah. It's always a good idea because oh, even idea. if you think in your head, ah, oh, I know what I'm going to do with this, still got to see how it reacts, mm. surely, on a piece of paper before. Mm. I mean, I, if, if, if I'd started that butterfly and I thought, you know, halfway through it, I thought, oh, that's, that's rubbish, I'll start again. Now, that's counterproductive because in my head I failed at something. So it's it's like a, a, a psychological barrier. Yeah, yeah. And when I go to do it again, I've no doubt I would be able to do it again. But w- why take that kind of it's risk? It's a setback, isn't it? You just it can is. take a and setback. And the videoing I would have done, I'd probably two, two hours video as well. Yeah. That would have to be wasted and have to start again. So it's not very professional to look at it in the way I do it. So to, to do it in advance, like I do there, just to, just to, just to work out... I mean, if you look at those colours, I haven't changed any of those colours, so I've still worked them out based on my knowledge. But that's also fun because you're learning by doing that, aren't you? You're learning what combinations mm. look good and what they go well, and um, it's almost like we're talking about this fur and things like that. People could practice that on a piece of paper, putting light over dark. That's right. That's and right. seeing how the theory works out without having to do a whole picture. Mm. I find I find that fascinating. I, I enjoy that part. Well, it's, it's all positive experiences mm. as well, isn't it? You're not mm. taking any setbacks then. No, that's right. You're not you're not beating yourself up over anything. No, so no. It's very good. It, it's wonderful advice. And all of these questions that come in that they prompt me into thinking slightly differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, if someone says, "Well, can you tell me what you do?" That's one of the worst things. Someone can ask me. I don't even know where to begin. No, you have to be quite specific, don't you? So, but once we get, you know, once you get uh, talking points or leading points or questions like we do, or feedback, that prompts me to think. Oh yes, now I remember. This is what you had to do, mm. and uh, it, be- it it turns out to be as it was today a fascinating um, insight. Good. Yes, I, I've learned a lot. I'm sure, see, everyone out there, it's great. See, the next bit of this picture here, Stephen, is a real nightmare. And I've got to work out the colours to go with that. Mm. And that is much, much more difficult. I've done the easy bit, actually. Where it looks like I've done the hard bit. This is the centre area where you've got all the fur and the body of the, the actual body of the butterfly, not the wings. Very, very tricky. So that's the next big It's going to be a good, uh, good But I good love, I look people. forward to that. I'm, look, I'm really savouring the moment when I can try it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's tingling. It's exciting. Yeah. And I think people will have that. Uh, and when they do it, of course, it will already worked out and they can do it. But they'll have their own pictures eventually that they'll do, they'll want to do. And I hope they'll get that same sort of sense of excitement. Of figuring it challenge. out. Mm. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, that concludes our questions then for this week. Uh, if you've got a question, we, all, we loved all these questions. They're really good. And, it, you know, we'll, hopefully everyone out there benefits from all of these questions we get asked. So if you've got a question, you can send it straight to Dad by emailing colin at bradleygallery.co.uk or you can submit it through our member site, um, colinbradleyart.co.uk and then that goes uh, to us anyway. So you can submit your questions through there. Um, So that really leaves us to say, oh, it would be really good if anyone out there has got a spare five ten minutes to rate us on itunes i haven't said this for a while but it'd be nice we've had some really great uh, reviews coming on itunes for our podcast so if you do listen through itunes and you can get onto itunes on your computer um it's really straightforward you just click out of five stars what you rate us and perhaps if you've got a minute write a little bit of blurb mm. as well to tell other people what the podcast is like and what you get from it that's right it's always nice to 
to uh, let people know what they can expect so we can get more listeners and more questions. That's right. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, excellent. So, yes, you've mentioned this project's coming up. We've got the uh, the Smoke Against the Sky exercise going up this weekend. Oh, good. So good. people can learn uh, how to do that. Great. And then we've got that fabulous wine glass that you've done. Yes, that, that you've was done. stunning. And uh, that's going to go up. So, And then we've got the butterfly. So it's a good start to the year, and I think. And we've got the eye, haven't we? Sometimes. Then we've got the eyes as well. Yes, of, of and course. And the hair. Yes, you've got the, the specific portraits. So, yes, there's, blimey, there's a lot then to come. There is a lot to come. A lot, lot, lot to be excited and I'm still, for. I'm still um, piling them up in my head as well for the next project and the next project and the next project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the watercolour, the Scotney Castle watercolour, by the time this podcast goes out, will be up on our Watercolour Made Easy site. So watercolourmadeeasy.com. Great. Check out the video gallery. Seven hours, 16 minutes, Gosh. I want to say, maybe. Gosh. It might be. That's got any watercolour. You won't want to miss one second of it, though. It's, it's I tell you, it, it, it really is a stunner. And do you know, um, I haven't told you this, I don't think, Steve. I'm actually framing that picture, putting it on the wall. You did tell me Oh, that. did I tell you that? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, I got the mount. I got the mount card. Oh, you did, yeah, you didn't tell me you got the mount card. I got the mount card yesterday. I'm going to frame it. It's a it, great picture. It's a really good it's picture. It's going to be. It, it, I'm very pleased with it. And that. what was really interesting, because I've obviously I've been editing the footage, so I've seen, seen the footage, and... Um, what was really interesting is the difference between just watercolour on the sky and the water and then after pastel pencils. The vibrancy, you can see when you put the white in the clouds on top of the watercolour, it's like instant, mm. isn't it? Instant brightness. You're turning mm. up the brightness control, like, aren't you? A mm. little bit. That's right. By putting in the, the blues mm. and the... Um, what you're doing though, Steve, you see, you've got to, if you think of it, watercolour generally, you leave the white paper. That's that's accepted. Yeah. You have to do that. So the clouds aren't put in, they're left. Yeah. That's the white paper you see. And if you think what you've got there, you've got just nothing, white paper. Now, that doesn't have any vibrancy at all. So the way I do it, I put the white on the top of the paper. And although you wouldn't think white on white, you can't see it. But you, you, you yeah, out, you, you definitely can. can. You'll see it on the on the video. Mm. Out well, that's there. why Everyone I do. That's that. why I do that because it's so. It just it just adds a finishing. Just final even touch. if you just have if you if you're a watercolor artist and you just you just even if you just take just a little bit like that one thing mm. the, the clouds even mm. if you just if you just bought a white pastel pencil that's just right. the one pastel pencil and you're a watercolor artist that's what you do and you do landscapes. Mm. Even if you had that one white pasta pencil and you just went, I'm just going to do that, it would transform mm. it. Mm. You don't need it for the rest of it. The, 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 to be honest, as you know, I didn't use the pastel pencil. I certainly didn't need to use the pastel pencil at all on that. No. That, that was a stunning picture. And I love the watercolour. But the, because you're putting quite a lot of different colours and stones in there, so you don't need it. So you haven't got any white paper to worry about there. But when you've got a sky, I totally agree with you. And uh, I, w I would, the thing, the thing that people who are hardened watercolourists would argue with, it's not pure, it's not pure watercolour. And I do understand where they're coming from when they say it. Mm. But um, fortunately, I don't have any hang-ups like that. If it works for me and works for other people, I do it. Yeah, and it does 
work. I yes, but I, I certainly wouldn't go into an argument with people over it. If someone said, look, that's not right. That's not how you do watercolour, Colin. I say, okay, fine. Carry on doing it the way you do it because it, it's excellent. But please let me do my own thing because if I prefer to do it, then I should. Yeah. Live and let live. Exactly. And it does, uh, I think, does really enhance it. People will see. I think. Mm, absolutely. There's a video coming up on YouTube, which is specifically that section. Oh, good. So, um, so they can check that out. Okay, good. Well, that concludes another week. Another cracking week, Steve. Yep. And uh, that's it then for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. You know, you've got that portrait out and she's looking at me again. Put her away. No, I don't want to. She's looking at me. <laughs> Scary me now. Put it away. All right. Okay. Come on, darling. You'll go away. Mm-hmm.